0: good evening how's everybody doing on this wonderful rainy somewhat sunny day <laughs> i don't think it knows what to do one minute it's black and pouring the rain and the next minute the sun is out so i'm not sure if uh, the weather knows what it's doing this evening so um, either way hope you're enjoying it and uh, hope you're able to uh, get your little nap time in i uh, yeah, took me a little little nap this evening uh, this afternoon rather and uh felt good but i tell you what i feel like i've been ran over by a freight train i never got up uh i don't know what's going on there but uh, uh might be wondering why i'm wearing my cowboy hat this evening well two reasons one my father made it for me and, and i'm very proud of it and i normally don't wear it. I always wear it uh, every um, morning when I do my morning devotions, as, as those on social media know, I always wear this hat, to, uh, do my devotions in. And, uh, uh, but uh, another reason why I'm wearing it is because when it gets humid out and I'm letting my hair grow out, my hair gets very curly. And so uh, it is not very manageable. So the uh, the so it's one another reason why I thought I'd be best to to wear my hat this evening so uh, that uh, you can see that. But um, sorry, my watch is acting crazy. Uh, but anyway, if you have any um, uh, prayer requests or concerns, let me uh, let me know. I have no idea what my my watch keeps going crazy on. me. Uh, if you have any prayer concerns, put those in the comments here, and uh, we'll pray about those. Uh, Jamie Arnold's got on here. Hello, Bubble Boy. Thank you, Jamie, for that. That's very kind of you. <laughs> yeah, I was the Bubble Boy today. Uh, hey, it works. I, I didn't have, kept um, uh, I have to worry about somebody uh, breathing or sneezing on me, and... Uh, got my own little environment and uh actually it's not too bad it might be something i may start wearing when i go out since this is starting to spike again so i don't know and uh angela Preso said stephen curtis chapman is awesome yes ma'am he is one of my all-time faves and uh got to meet him one time they had the uh, winter jam at freedom hall civic center and i got to uh, meet him and talk to him shake his hand and uh so it was uh he's I always liked him he's one of the few artists who really uh, truly love the Lord and uh, really shows it, so uh, I, really, I really like him. But, um, uh, well, without any further ado, let's go ahead and uh, read our opening passage, a very familiar passage of scripture this evening, and that is John 3, 16 and 17. You no, know, I was going to say, uh, most of you all probably uh, know that by heart, still blows my mind. absolutely blows my mind that uh, that was one of the highest... Searched Google uh, uh, of all time was John 3:16 when uh, Tim Tebow uh, put that on his face that the majority of people did, didn't know that. I tell you what, what a witness that was that people got to hear the word uh, when he did that. But John 3:16 says, "For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish." but have eternal life and verse 17 is very important as well for god did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but in order that the world might be saved through him and as me old pappy always says bless this reading and the hearing of it to our hearts uh my mother-in-law says unspoken prayer requests. Well, I will definitely do that. And uh, uh, if everybody has, if you're tuning in late and you have any prayer concerns, uh, please put those in the comments section here on social media. And uh, by all means, uh, we will uh, definitely uh, come together and pray over those concerns. I definitely pray for Russell DeGroat and his family as they're dealing with a very uh, tragic loss today. And I know it's, I uh, couldn't imagine what he's going through, so definitely uh, be praying for him and uh, Ronald Thelma Thompson and so many others out there, but uh, let's go ahead and bow our head and let's have a word of prayer. And Father Lord, we thank you, love you, and praise you. Lord, thank you so much uh, for this beautiful day you've blessed us with. Lord, thank you for your grace, your mercy, your love, your joy, your peace overflowing. Lord, I just want to lift up uh, Sharon's uh, unspoken concerns. Lord, you know the, uh, uh, the heart and the mind, the situation going on there, and so many other unspoken concerns may not be mentioned here uh, this evening. Lord, I pray that you be with Russell DeGroote and his family, and I pray peace upon them and uh, help them uh, to get through this very difficult time. Lord, I pray you be with Ron and Thelma Thompson, and Lord, I pray that um, you're bringing healing and your will be done in that situation. I pray to be with our Sister in Christ, Kim Penix, and Wendy Lee, and Ginger Hood, and uh, Troy, and uh, Linda Feathers, and David Feathers, and Roger Winters, Mr. Murph, and uh, Lord, uh, so many others uh, that uh, we uh, uh, know have concerns, and uh, Lord, that uh, we will just be obedient and seek your will in each and every situation. Lord, we thank you, we love you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. But uh, I guess I should have put in there about our, our nation, our country, and what we're going through right now. We really definitely need to be praying uh, uh, for our country. It is, in fact, uh, uh, message Josh Lovelace. I tell you what, he is uh, is a real blessing. He really he busted his backside today trying to get this video going. Him and, and Greg Mullins. Greg Mullins spent hours here stay at the church trying to get our internet straightened out. and uh, And we had some... Hiccups this morning, and him and Josh worked again forever trying to get everything uh, working uh, like it should be. And I have to tell you, what they are a blessing. I praise God for them. But he's talking about. He said he's wondering if things are going to get worse. And I said, I hate to say it, but I think they're going to get worse when they get better. As bad as I hate to hate to say it, but uh, uh, just uh, I think it's just the sign of the times. I really do. And he's talking about the rapture and what that's going to that experience is going to be like. And I said, you know, I, I've always. My whole life, uh, I've always wanted to fly. You know, I've wanted. I've flown in planes, but I want to. And I've flown in helicopters, but I want to physically fly <laughs> like Superman. And uh, could you imagine the exhilarating experience uh, to uh, to fly, uh, being raptured up uh, into the clouds with Jesus? That would be be awesome. You know, something that uh, Dad had mentioned many years ago is that uh, you know if we may have the temptation uh, to want to look down or look back uh, at the world. And we have to resist that temptation. And I think, you know, that's based on, uh, we look at Lot, and that her love uh, for uh, Sodom was so great she turned back, and turned to a pillar of salt. And that might be the one last temptation that we may have is that uh, uh, to, to have the temptation to look back at the world. And I tell you what, uh, that's, that's something we're going to have, you know. Don't have or How great that is! Don't you ever take your eyes off the Lord? And that is true now, as it will be then. Is to never take your eyes off the Lord, because ain't nothing in this world worth looking back at. Because what we have to look for to is the future glory of heaven. And that's actually what we're going to get into a little bit this evening, and uh, in regards to the rapture, the second coming. Uh, in the uh, the experience of death, so we're going to get into that. It goes directly in hand in hand with our passage uh, this evening. So I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but uh, we have some exciting things to to look at this evening, and look, we have some exciting things to look forward to, uh, in, in when Christ raptures us out, or if we uh, if we die. So we'll we'll get into that here in just a second. If you have your Bibles handy, we're going to look at Hebrews chapter nine verses twenty three through twenty eight so I will bring that up for you so you can read along just like I do on my uh, daily devotions so let me uh, get this up here Hebrews 9 23 through twenty eight that it was necessary for the copies of the heavenly things to be purified with these rites But the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these for christ has entered not into holy places made with hands which are copies of the true things but into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of god on our behalf nor was it to offer himself repeatedly as the high priest enters the holy places every year with blood not his own for then we would have had to suffer repeatedly as the foundation of the world. But it is he has appeared once for all at the end of ages to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And just as it is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes judgment, so Christ, having been offered once to bear sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly awaiting for him. All righty. So praise God for his good word, and uh, I uh, thought I would bring that up so you can read along. I, so I do that for those who are not on my social media uh, and uh, haven't tuned into my devotions. That's what I do each morning uh, when we go over a particular passage of scripture, we bring that up and you can read along uh, with me there. All right, so um, I tell you what, before we get started, let's go ahead and have another quick word of prayer, and then we'll dive into this and see what God's word has for us today. Father, Lord, again, we just come before you and praise your name. Uh, Lord, thank you uh, again for your good word. and Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Lord, help us to uh, apply what we learned this evening to our spiritual lives. Uh, Lord, let it be used for your good work and will. Let us serve you well, that one day we will hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Lord, let us praise you each and every day in thought, word, and deed. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, my friends, let's get in, dive into this here. So, uh, we see this is that uh, that it was necessary. We're looking at verse 23. If you're just tuning in late, we're looking at Hebrews 9, 23 through 28. Verse 23, This thus it was necessary for the copies of the heavenly things uh, to be purified uh, with these rites. Uh, but the heavenly things themselves, which better sacrifices than these. So, uh, we we see the copies of the the tabernacles, uh, the furnishings, uh, the copies of those things of the heavenly things that we're going to be seen and that um, uh, to the, the be purified with these rods. We're talking, uh, uh, just we're speaking spiritually uh, at these types of situations. What we're looking at here, and you know what we're what we're looking at. Okay, let's let's kind of bring some things into context here. We're looking at the um, uh, the, uh the, the the superiority, the um, uh I don't know, the superiority, the the uh supernatural of Jesus Christ, the um, uh oh goodness. Um my mind's went blank, I might as well say there. Um, but we're also looking at um, that sacrifice of uh of, of blood uh, that Jesus Christ had to to shed for our sins. Now, uh, you know, I, I know that it's what we've been going through in this chapter has been um, uh, somewhat repetitive, and you kind of think of it. Uh, and, you know, take remember the context what we're looking at, and and again, uh, to to repeat what I've said before is that you know it is the the urge uh, of the Jews that he's talking to to go back uh, to the. Uh, um, the ways of, of, of the old ways of doing things, and he, he's trying to warn them. You know, it's kind of like a professor. If us say you're in school, and uh, you know, the professor says, "I want to tell you what I want to say. I'm going to say what I said, and then I will say it again, and then we will review." You know, so that's kind of what we're seeing here. And this is that uh, the writer of Hebrews he he's he said it. He's saying it uh, what he said, and then he's saying it again, and then he's going to review it again because he wants to drive home the point of what's going on. That all these things that were being seen uh, of the old ways of doing things uh, was just a um, uh, just a foreshadowing, a copy uh, of the reality of things to come. And uh, so it says, "For Christ has entered not into holy place." We're looking at verse twenty-four for Christ has entered in not into the holy places made with hands which are copies of the true things but into heaven itself not to appear in the presence of God on our behalf okay so when we see this here that um Christ has uh, has entered not into the holy places Made with hands, all right. Because you got to remember that uh, the tabernacle, of course, was uh, explained to Moses by God and had to set up the tabernacle and and had to make these things. But see, the glories of heaven uh, were are there. They're they're waiting for us, all right. It's not made by human hands. It's not made uh, by man. This was uh, this is the heavenly glories that God has made, and that Christ it will you know after His. Death, burial, and resurrection. Of course, he will be going back uh, to the full glories of heaven. And uh, and could you imagine uh, how beautiful and wonderful that heaven's going to be? I just can't imagine uh, what we're going to see. Uh, it, it, it's going to be mind-boggling. I mean, you know, uh, man's imagination uh, only comes from God above, obviously, and uh, and we can only go so far with that. So imagine uh what uh what may be lying before us uh when we get there uh let's see here uh 25 nor was it offered to offer himself repeatedly as the uh, high as the high priest enters into the holy places every year with blood not his own now ramir uh, of course um you know as we were talking about before about the uh, blood of bulls and goats uh, half the blood had to go here, and the half blood had to go here, and there had to be the sprinkling of blood. There had to be uh, the the burning of animals. There had to be uh, the um, the transference of sin to the goat, let loose in the wilderness, uh, and um, and it's had to be repeated year after year after year after year. You know, uh, the Day of Atonement, it constantly had to happen, and really, this, this puts a uh, uh, a real um, zinger or sting, if you will. Uh, into the Roman Catholic approach uh, in regards to communion, that uh, that Christ is repeatedly uh, being sacrificed. You know, and we see here obviously that uh, uh, that he is uh, is it was to, nor was it to be offered himself repeatedly. All right, that this it is a one-time deal that Jesus Christ gave his life. For us to atone for our sins, a one-time deal only. Right? and we see that here that uh, enters the holy place every year with blood, not his own. He, he took his own blood with him uh, into heaven to again a cover for those multitude of sins that we commit on a daily basis. You know, again, we we're talking about see uh, what's Sunday Wednesday, we we're talking about that and and the stench of the air that would um, would would. You know, would have to be present at the at the constant uh, trying to atone for sins all the time, and and again, it only covered so much. But here with Jesus Christ, our sins are covered uh, uh, completely, utterly, and totally. Uh, and so, uh, you know, so that's why His blood was pure. That's why His blood was able to to cover that once and for all. It didn't have to be ever done again. Uh, verse twenty six: For then He would have had to suffer repeatedly since the foundation of the world. But it is he has appeared once for all at the end of ages to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. So, uh, you know, again, uh, Jesus Christ has done that once and for all. You know, it, it is a one-time deal. And uh, it's not something that has to be done repeatedly. All we have to do is put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And, uh, you know, it's amazing. I, I had someone, um, uh, there's a lot of people out there. and you know, we had a ba- baptism this morning. And, you um, uh, you know, that is, I was explaining to this little boy uh, how much, you know, what what, what baptism represents and how it's you know, representative of the washing away of, of the uh, uh, old sins or raising up in the newness of Christ. It's an outward sign of an inward change. But the fact that he accepted Jesus Christ as his personal Lord and Savior, that he was saved and that we are encouraged to be baptized by Jesus' example is not something we have to do. And, uh, but there are so many people out there who think that you have to be baptized as part of salvation. And nothing could be further from the truth. It is, it is a free gift of God. See, man tries to, to add on extra things that you have to do in order to attain and keep your salvation. But Jesus Christ, He saying right here, hey, it was a one-time deal. Put your faith and trust in Me, and that's it. That's all you have to do. There's nothing else, you know. Just like they were trying to say, you had to be circumcised. Uh, one of my uh, professors, Dr. Soto, uh, you know, I'll never forget that, it really put things into perspective uh, in regards uh, to the viewpoint of uh, baptism. And He uh, said, replace circumcision with baptism, because well, they were trying to say basically the same thing: you had to be circumcised or to be saved. And in that, you know, nothing could be further from the truth and that really put things into perspective for me uh, in regards to that understanding because there's there's people I, that has debated me uh, particularly out of church of christ who have debated uh vehemently that you have to be baptized and that's crazy man uh you know there, like dad always says you know you be baptized you grow wet between your toes you're not going to be any more saved than when you make that profession of faith for to christ jesus that's it that's all it has to do is a free gift and uh, it's sad that man has added on to that. But Jesus Christ gave that one time sacrifice, the shedding of his blood, to cover our sins. And that's all that was required. That's all that had to happen in order for us to be saved. And that's it. No more, no more repeated sacrifices. No more sacrifices of animals. No more none of this stuff. It is Christ that atone for all of our sins that substitutionary atonement and i think a lot of people have problems with that they don't understand they, they have a hard time uh understanding what substitutionary atonement means and that christ took our place on the cross and, and they have a hard time understanding well how did jesus christ do that when it was two thousand years ago and i'm here today but again you know you have to look at it uh in the sense of, of the of the talking about back to the future or something like that is, is the space-time continuum, if you will, and, and that uh, space and time imploded, that particular place, and Christ could see you. He was thinking of you when he died on the cross. You know, I uh, sitting there making that back to the future reference, and uh, me and Josh uh, was talking about, in fact, I was thinking about this yesterday, how our world right now, the way everything is is imploding and the chaos it makes us think of uh, Back to the Future too, when uh, uh, when Biff took over and all the chaos and remember all the motorcycles, all oh, you you bad motorcycle riders. <laughs> no, you we know I'm talking about all the gangs that took over and it was crazy chaos. Uh, I, I, I think about putting that video on uh, Facebook and, and telling uh, saying that uh, uh, Marty needs to hurry up and fix the timeline uh, because everything's going crazy. But um, uh, but you know again that you know they have, people have a hard time with that understanding that substitutionary atonement and because our world is running out of uh, out of control you know i was showing dan an article uh, this morning and uh, it was talking about it's very same thing that he has said for years uh cowardly pastors uh who are playing footsie with the world you know they're sitting there kneeling uh with this uh this erroneous uh viewpoint of the Black Lives Matters is built on a fallacy of the hands up, don't shoot with Michael Brown who attacked a police officer. Uh, the, in fact, there was a, a video I sent Dad as two African-American men who was talking about said uh, uh, said, you know, Black Lives Matter doesn't go to help black lives. You know, they raise all this money, it doesn't go to help urban communities. say so it goes to, to fill a, a white politician's pockets. He's right. But, uh, but when it comes to whether it's something, uh, you know, that's one thing he's talking about, too, with racism. As long, until people come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, you're going to have racism, you're going to have hate, you're going to have bitterness, you're going to have unforgiveness. That's why we have to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. But I'm just telling you right now that um, with this coming down through the courts, with this and this, this, ruling, uh, with the LGBTQ uh, going back, uh, to the 1965 ruling uh, uh, that you cannot, you know, you can't hire, you, you can't um, discriminate based on uh, uh, race, religion, or sex. And now they've added that into that, uh, that we're going to see. Uh, some lawsuits and attacks on the church as a result of that, because they know that goes going to go to the very the very grain uh, of our um, uh, convictions and uh, of, of what the Word of God says, and the Word of God is very clear uh, in that regards. And so uh, uh, you're going to see uh, uh, lawsuits, you're going to see more of an attack on the Christian church, but you have cowardly preachers out there who are kneeling, they are compromising with the world, they won't speak out against uh, these things that are attacking uh, traditional family values and roles between man and woman in marriage, Uh, they're not speaking out against abortion, which abortion by the by is really is targeted uh, towards urban areas. Uh, and, and so you know you see all these things that are that are our world is spinning out of control and uh, there's a lot of pastors uh, who don't believe in the whole word of god and who are preaching uh, are just a, apostates i mean there's just no, no no way two ways to look at it and they're and they're not standing up for the truth of the word of god they're not preaching conviction of sins uh, they're not preaching the need of a savior and so you have biblically ignorant christians out there that when you do speak out just like the other day i was telling you all uh, this the other day uh, this uh, woman was on my social media and, and she was asking me uh, in regards to um, it might have been about the article about the lgbtq and, and the ruling that was just passed and I, I told her as kind and as lovingly as i could backed up everything I said with scripture and her response is well, you you need to get rid of your hate and uh, or you're not going to have anybody in your church and that uh, uh, you shouldn't have uh, hate in your heart towards the other people they're good people that blows my mind I just I, I just I, to this day I will never understand I told her I said where in the world did I preach hate where I never said I never said I hated anybody in fact quite the opposite I said repeatedly, that they are welcome into the church. They need to be there alongside with everybody, anybody else in the church. And never once had I hated anybody. But, you know, that that is their response. And I tell you what, uh, just uh, even yesterday, they were showing a uh, parade, because uh, this is Pride Month, and uh, JHM, and the, uh, I tell you, I have, to, I have to, it's a good thing my dad don't do social media. Because if he saw some of the uh, ungodly, uh, horrible things people say in regards to jesus christ god uh the uh, uh our as christians as a whole i mean his, he would <laughs> probably get himself in trouble but i, I read that I, I have to hold back so much i was reading some of this stuff on there and i tell you what it took everything in me uh to not uh, type something in there But that's what they want. They want to generate a response. They're trolls. They want to to cause anger. They want to, to invoke an emotion. And that we have to not do that. You know, liberals run on emotion and not facts. We have to be careful to check our emotions and that we are speaking the truth in love. That we're speaking and we're telling about the love of Jesus Christ. So He doesn't condone sin. We don't compromise with sin. But we should point them to the cross. We point them to Jesus Christ and God will change and transform them and to the people they need to be. But, uh, so be careful, guys and gals, you know. But let's show them Jesus Christ. So anyway, didn't mean to get off on that tangent, but uh, it, uh, as you can tell, I get a little, little aggravated. And, and a lot of what we are seeing today is a lack of parenting, a lack of Christ in the home, and a lack of good, godly preaching. I ain't saying there's good, godly preachers out there. Uh, there are. Sadly, they're becoming few and far between, but they're out there. And so... But let's look at this. Now, here's something that, um, to me, is uh, really the heart of the message that to, uh, that really uh, uh, applies uh, to us uh, today, that it was applicable to them, uh, to the original listeners as well. But uh, in verse 27, uh, it says, And just as it is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes judgment. Now, remember that uh, we have a birth date and a death date. Now, uh, you know, it is not, uh, you know, I know that some good well-meaning and intentioned, whether it's pastors or Christians, find that, uh, will say that, well, death is just a natural part of life. Well, I understand what they're trying to say, and I understand a lot of people say that and to, to try to comfort other people, because with some when there's a death, it is awkward. It is uncomfortable. You see the person upset. You want to console them. And, and it's tough. It's difficult. You don't know what to say. And so, you know, sometimes you say a lot of cliched things. But, you know, death wasn't a part of, of God's original creation. Where he created man and woman. Death is, is quite frankly, unnatural. But, uh, but God, all right, remember that we have a birth date and a death date. It doesn't matter, you know, I... Cancer is a horrible and scary word. You know, uh, a friend of mine from high school posted our uh, uh, our graduation video from 1991. Hard to believe it's been 30 years since I graduated high school. It don't seem it don't seem possible. I mean, I I, honest, I honestly remember my dad going to his 20 year reunion. I just. Uh, uh, and I tell you what, I wish I get my hands on that video. You ought to see him cutting a rug, buddy. He was dancing, he was doing splits, and he got back up. <laughs> so it is. You, I wish I could find that and show it to you. But, but anyway, um, on that video was my best friend Lance. Uh, he was like my brother, and uh, he's my brother from another mother, and uh, uh, me and him were very, very close. And uh, I won't lie. Uh, you know, that uh, I still think about him, get choked up. Think about my Papaw Leo, my Papaw Bruce. Um, I know where they're at. I know that I'll see them again. And, uh, you know, just like me getting choked up just now. You know, uh, even, uh, you know, you look throughout the Bible. And uh, even though we know uh, where these individuals are at and, and where they're going, uh, it still invokes that emotion. It's uh, just like um, when Stephen was stoned. Uh, you know, here he he you know uh, he, he he said his face shined like an angel. No, he, he you know he, he we they knew exactly where he went, but he said they lay, lamented. They 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 were still crying. They were still upset. You know, when uh, uh, we see that Lazarus he died, Jesus wept. You know, uh, when uh, so we see all these things throughout Scripture. Outside of uh, Elijah and Enoch, uh, we know. That uh, everybody has, you know, until Jesus Christ returns, we all have an appointment to die. And it still, uh, w- it still saddens us uh, to, uh, uh, to lose a loved one. But here's the thing. You know, that cancer word is a horrible, scary word. Uh, and, uh, and when you hear that, m- most people automatically think a-, a death sentence. And that's not necessarily true. There's a lot of people who's been healed uh, from cancer. But it doesn't matter. That whether you're, you're, you have you've been diagnosed with cancer or you haven't, God has made the appointment as to when you are going to die. All right, it, it's not random. It's not uh, uh, you know it, you have uh, uh, you still have a quality of life. You know it doesn't mean that you can just go out and just run off a top of a building and say, Hey, look at me! I'm going to uh, jump off the uh, ten story building and I'm not going to die any sooner than God wants me to. Well, that's pretty stupid. <laughs> And, uh, you know, or if, uh, you know, you need to quit smoking, you need to eat healthy, which is something I need to do a little more of, eat a little healthier. But uh, uh, we're not going to go any sooner uh, than what God has appointed. You know, we can look at, uh, I think it's Job one twenty one here, that um, 10 of his kids had died. All right. And so let's look at that real quick here, Job one twenty one. If you want to get over here, Job one to see what he said. Hold on here. Well, I'm in, Job. Just trying to get over here to 121. Uh, See, and he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Uh, and, and I think 22 is very important. In all this, Job did not sin or charge or charge God with wrong. So, you know, that, that's an easy thing to want to do is to sit in charge and blame God uh, for any wrongdoing. And uh, again, we live in a fallen world. You know, since the time of, of Adam and Eve, when sin entered the world, we have death and suffering because we live in a fallen world. All right. But, you know, it's tragic when a young person passes away. Uh, you know, we don't always understand it. We don't always understand why these things have to uh, take place. Now, there is a, um, uh, let's see here, I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget. His name was William um, Provine. I guess that's how you pronounce it. He is a historian of science at uh, Cornell. Uh, and um, he was trying to say that, uh, um, that evolution um, uh, dictates there's no intelligent design and that when we die, that's just it. There, there's no more. That's it. There's nothing else left. And uh, uh, obviously, that would be a, a horrible outlook to think that de- this is all there is. But we know that Jesus Christ come to save us, to offer us eternal life. And so we have that appointment date. You know, there's a lot of appointments we don't like to keep. I don't like going to the doctor. I don't like going to the dentist. Now, I have a great dentist. Dr. Stevens is probably one of the finest, greatest dentists out there that I've ever had the pleasure of going to. And, uh, in fact, he's probably only one of the few dentists that my kids didn't mind at all going to. You know, and that is rare for a kid not to get, be upset to go to the dentist. But uh, there's a lot of appointments we don't like to like to keep. And I don't think death is one appointment we want to keep. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, we we um, uh, it's going to happen. You know, if if, G, if if Jesus Christ tarries, it's going to happen. Like I said, outside of Elijah and Enoch, we're all going to face death. Now, if Jesus Christ returns, that's going to be awesome. That goes back to what I was talking to earlier that me and Josh was talking about when when Jesus Christ raptures us out uh, that rapturo uh, to be caught up uh, is uh, uh, that's you know I, I hope that I'm alive when that happens. Oh my gosh, could you not? That would just be awesome. And all these deniers of people who accuse us of, uh, of being ignorant and stupid, the look on their faces, boy, wouldn't that be fun to take a picture of that, would they? <laughs> we're raptured out of here. Uh, but uh, we're going to be gone in an instant, a twinkle of an eye. In fact, you know, before I even knew I was going to be studying and, and uh, teaching on this this evening, uh, I had uh, shared a video, and I've shared it before within the church, and uh, for whatever reason, it was on my mind, and I shared it again because I wanted everybody. I told everybody, I said, "You better be ready." And uh, because, um, and what it was showing, it was showing a minister, and he was talking about the rapture. He said Jesus Christ could come right now; he'd come any second. And all of a sudden, boom! Man, you just hear like a thunder, and just within a just an instant, all these people disappear. And it was a handful of people, and they're looking around, and they're hitting the ground, and like, oh no. Uh, you know, and because they wasn't prepared. They wasn't ready uh, for what was to come. And, uh, and so that was the whole point of me doing that is I want, because in the light of what's going on in recent events, we need to make sure that we have our hearts right with Jesus Christ, that we are prepared, that we are ready uh, to meet Jesus Christ. And we're going to get into that in just one second here. i got some verses we'll look at on that. But um, um, let's see here. Um, see. Let's try to find something here. First to read here. Give me just one second here. Um, I want to look at Romans five twelve. I think that's the next next one I was wanting to look at just real quick here. Uh, going along with what we're talking about. Um, Romans 5:12. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sin. So again, going back to that, you know, uh, again, being having that appointed time to die. You know, you're not going to go any sooner than what God has uh, has ordained it to be. You know, I, I've often wondered when I see all these movie stars or musicians, uh, that are famous, uh, that have died. And uh, I've always wondered to myself, if they knew that date, would they have lived their life differently? If they knew they were going to die at 30 or at 50 or at 80 or at 20, would they have lived their life a little differently? And I guess that kind of boils down to, would we live our lives a little differently if we knew the exact day and time we're going to die? I kind of wish I knew in a way because, uh, you you know, I think that the reality... Of that, you know, it's, it's it's strange that we we don't think of the thing that we we, we concentrate on the things that don't matter and uh, the little things that, can, that doesn't matter at all, but we don't concentrate on the big things that do matter, and that is uh, living each day for Jesus Christ. You know, there was uh, Jonathan Edwards, and um, uh, he thought he would take the smallpox vaccine uh, when it in, when it first come out and uh, as a preventative measure unfortunately, he was given too much of it. I think he was in his early 50s. Uh, I won't say 54 or something like him. But um, he was given too much of it and contracted smallpox. And so he was going to uh, uh, to die. And so, um, uh, sorry, I lost my train of thought there. I thought I heard somebody walking in here. Um, but uh, I swear I heard somebody. But anyway, uh, I thought he was going to, he, and so he contracted, he was, he was dying. I mean, there's no way around it. And uh, so he, he called his his daughter over there and uh, uh, was uh, telling her, hey, you know, uh, you know, things he wanted her her mother to know, his wife to know, uh, and that um, uh, he loved them and, uh, uh, and not uh, you know, uh, that everything's going to be okay. And at the time that he they actually they thought he had died, he closed his eyes, they thought he died, and all of a sudden uh, he opened his eyes and he says, trust God, you don't have no fear, trust God and uh you know and that's really what it boils down to is trust god don't have any fear uh there is um uh, a lot of people i've come across who are scared feared scared to death of of dying but it's really something we should meet with joy uh because we know where we're going this is not the end uh, and, and God's Word tells us time and again that, uh, that Christ is with us, whether it's through life or through death. Uh, and going along with that, if we look at Psalm 139.16, uh, hold on here, in regards to our appointment of death, it just dawned on me to, to read that real quick. Psalm 139.16, hold on here, let me get over here. Well... Pages not wanting to cooperate. 139.16. Uh, your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that we were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. And then we can also see, and not only we read in Psalm 139.16, uh, let's see here. Um, let me see here, Uh, let's look at, uh, this is one I have read many times at a funeral, is 1 Corinthians 15, 55 through 57, 1 Corinthians 15, and uh, uh, this is, you know, and talking about being joyful, All right, in regards to to death, uh, we can see here, oh death, where is your victory? So again, we see this: that uh, death has no, you know, there's no, there's no sting of death, there's no victory uh, over us, because Jesus Christ has overcome sin and death. And we place our hearts and our minds; we give our lives over to Jesus Christ. We have that inter- that eternity that awaits us. You know, in fact, uh, there was a um, quote here by uh, Samuel Johnson, the 1777. Uh, he says, "Depend upon it, sir, when a man knows." He is to be hanged in a fortnight. It can uh, entreat his mind wonderfully. And also in Psalm 90.12, we see Moses say uh, here. We we'll get over here in Psalm 90.12. And uh, I know I'll use a lot of scripture, but uh, we need to. Uh, Psalm 90.12. So teach us to number our days, that we may get a heart of wisdom. So if we understand that our days are indeed numbered, uh, we should live each day to its fullest. So that's what I've told a lot of people uh, who are dealing with anxiety, uh, dealing with depression, uh, dealing with all of these things. Take each day as it comes. Live it as if it were your last. And that's saying you know, when in doing my studies with this, I, I guess it's kind of um, may I don't enlightened me more, I guess I should say. But um, uh, we look at at death. Um, you know, not looking in carrying fear, but enjoy. But to my my point is is to live each day more so as if it were my last because you know if i knew today was going to be my very last day on this earth and it could be you know i don't know when how long i want to live i might live to be 120 to get to torment my wife could you imagine to torment my wife for another 60 years that would be Wonderful, and I'm sure she would be joyful too. <laughs> but, uh, or I could die tonight. But here's the thing: I want you know. How would you act? You know, would you hug your spouse a little more? You're other a little more. Would you hug, hold your kids a little tighter? Would you tell them that you love them? Would you find people that you are family members or friends, and try to tell them about the love of Jesus Christ that much more? Uh, before you knew your time was up, how would you live those final hours, those final moments of your life? Our days are numbered. We have a birth date and we have a death date. It is not random. It's not some you know some uh, uh, fate of, of of nature that it just happens when it happens. God has appointed a time for when He will live and when He will die. So even if you get a um, a horrible diagnosis. You're not going to go any sooner than what God has already planned and ordained it. So you're no different than anybody else walking out there. I know what's fearful. I know what's scary. Nobody wants to hear those 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 words uh, that uh, are so fearful. Uh, nothing nothing scarier than to hear that word cancer. It's not an automatic death sentence. Uh, you know we have uh, look at uh, to me, uh, looking at Doug Grissom. You're talking about a walking miracle. Uh, you know here they'd give up hope on him, and God had completely totally healed him uh, you know, so you see instance like that, you know, I I have seen my own eyes of what God can do. Uh, so let's, so don't focus on, oh, oh, this is it. No, focus on living for Jesus Christ. Focus on living that much more for God, because you don't know how much time you may have on this earth. And that's what we need to do. And, uh, uh, I was thinking today, I, I need to try a little harder, uh, and, uh, not, uh, not, not to be so sarcastic and argue so much with my wife, even though she's wrong and I'm right. Uh, <laughs> I'm joking. She will be. I will be beaten severely uh, for my insolence after this message. So, um, uh, if you see me uh, later on with bruising, uh, you will know uh, that I have been physically assaulted by my wife. So, but uh, so you know, we need to speak a little kinder, be a little more loving. Don't allow this stinking world to jade you. And to bring you down, uh, you know, Dad's talking about this morning. Uh, you know, I, you know, he's having to scale back a little bit on watching a little bit of some of this news and stuff. And it's tough. I'll be honest with you. I'm like him. You know, you watch this stuff on the news, you watch this stuff on television, uh, you watch um, on social media, and it makes you angry. It makes you want to just, you know, take up arms and let's have at it. You know, I think it's a lot of a, lot of that's a southern attitude of rebellion and. Uh, That kind of goes with another area of uh, controversy right now, but I won't get into that. But anyway, uh, so it is, uh, uh, if you want to know what I'm talking about, email me, I'll explain. But, um, uh, you know, I think it's part of that rebellion uh, aspect. You know, we just don't put up with it. But our focal point should be spreading the love of Jesus Christ, telling others about Jesus. Let's not waste time on the hate and the bitterness that the the media is trying to suck us into. I mean, who do you think is trying to cause this division? Uh, You know, and I've said this the other day I don't find it any coincidence that uh, the impeachment trials failed, the virus failed, the economy's coming right back and booming just again, and then all of a sudden uh, there's rioting and, and uh domestic terrorism, if you will, is what I call this in Uh and uh and now they're trying to say the virus is spiking. Yeah, I don't find it any coincidence. Oh, and by the by, I saw where they're trying to say there's another Russian collusion kind of thing going on. So, you know, it is uh they're trying everything to uh uh to to uh, keep the uh, uh make the November elections to go the way uh the for the Liberals to go side the way they wanted to go. So but anyway, um let me let me get back uh, to what we're talking about here. I don't want to get uh, too political. It's it's too easy sometimes uh, to do that. But here's you know the thing: Jesus Christ gave His life. He gave us an an a asbestos shield. All right, you know what asbestos is? It it is a fire retardant, uh, and uh, uh, you know, sa- scary to think that used to be in our paint and in our insulation and in our our ceilings uh, and stuff a lot of people have gotten cancer because of that but let's look at uh, romans chapter 5 9 through 10 we looked at romans 5 12 a minute ago let's look at romans 5, chapter 5 9 through 10 here Get over here romans 5. 9 and 10 says since therefore we have now been justified by his blood much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of god for if while we were enemies we were reconciled to god by the death of his son and much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by his life see Remember that—that's why the priests were doing what they were doing. They were trying to, uh, you know, uh, to to bring uh, somewhat of a, a talking to to God, uh, trying to reconcile us. And you can imagine when when the priests were going in and trying to reconciled and, and and talk to God on our behalf. You know, uh, they, they waited uh impatiently, you know, the seconds probably seemed like hours, you know, waiting for him to be revealed and to come back out to say, Yeah, everything is good. God accept our, our uh what we what we sacrificed here. But, see, Jesus Christ, He reconciled us between us and God. He is that mediator between us and God. He talks to God on our behalf. He bridged that gap because of sin that separated us. He reconciled His his ultimate sacrifice on the cross, His blood shed atoned for those who will will, will pray and accept Him with His free gift of salvation, has reconciled us between us and God. And, all right, just as they, they waited impatiently for that priest to come back out of that tabernacle and to say, hey, it's all good, God accepted that sacrifice, guess what? We wait with great impatience for Jesus Christ to return and, and because then we know his promises will be fulfilled, full and complete. We get pieces, we get parts of that promise now. We get some of that grace now, but the full extent of his promises will be completely given to us at that moment when he returns. Now, let's be careful. There's a difference between the rapture and the second coming. This is what I put on um, the, the video I shared the other day, because a lot of people confuse the two between the rapture and the second coming, and they are distinct differences now that brings us to verse 28 it says so christ having been offered once to bear the sins of many all right um uh, will appear a second time not to deal with sin but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him now we're going to look at in just one second so you know those who we see that here not to deal with sin but he's going to rapture the church out all right And that's when we see that rapture happening. And those who are dead, they'll be united with their bodies, new glorified bodies. Uh, So, you know, we're not going to be in a decayed body like a zombie or nothing like that. We have new glorified bodies. And but now, when he returns the second time, that's when there's going to be judgment. That's when uh, he's going to, after he uh, his judgments are on, on unbelievers and then sets up his millennial kingdom when he does all that. That's the second time. We're going to look at the verses here in just a second to substantiate what I'm referring to and talking to. But um, uh, so uh, when Jesus Christ when he raptures us out of here, all right, those believers now. There's people who live in pre-trib, mid-trib, you know, uh, all these things that, you know, um, uh, all-millennial, post-millennial, pre-millennial. Listen, now, according to some, um, uh, they believe that the rapture is going to happen pre-trib. I don't adhere to that, uh, I know my dad doesn't, and I, it's not that I agree with him just because he's my father, but I, I believe in my own studies and what I've read and looked at, I believe uh, that we will uh, be raptured mid-trib, uh, you know, I think that we will be tempted, I think that uh, we will be put on the spot to, uh, 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 you know, to, what I'm looking at here, um, be persecuted i don't know what's the matter with me now we may be persecuted to a certain extent and have to uh, uh, make a stand for jesus christ and it may come at a high price uh i uh, you know as i've said before and you've heard, even heard dad say this too that you know here jesus you know here the america is great and wonderful countries we've got it's not even hinted at in scripture you know, Rome imploded and fell from within, and, we're, and the very things that caused this decay and rot, we're seeing in our own country now. And the fact that America is not even a blip on the radar, that's concerning. And so we may very well have to endure some persecution before uh, Jesus Christ returns, and, and and likely so. You know, we, we uh, may have to, you know, we go through certain trials or tribulations, but we may have to actually stand and give an account uh, for our faith in Jesus Christ. And I, you talk about a separating of the wheat and tares. You know, it's easy to say. I know I was thinking about this uh, earlier when I was uh, reviewing, going over my studies. Um, and when I was in, uh, Dad sent me to Tri City Christian School when I was a kid. And um, I remember the teacher, I want to say, he was an elementary school, it could have been middle. But uh, they were uh, teaching us about uh, the saints being persecuted. And uh, the question was raised, uh, would you uh, stand for Jesus Christ if you were persecuted, if you were told to deny Christ, would you stand? And uh, I would say the vast majority, if not all the kids, were like, yes, I would stand for Jesus. I wouldn't deny Jesus Christ. And it's easy to say that. And I hope and pray that I do but uh you never know uh, when you're putting that situation what's going to happen i mean you often think of peter who said hey i would never deny you i would never and what did he do he didn't you know, He three times that he denied so um you know so i i do uh, my personal belief is that uh, uh it is uh, that we may be mid-trib but uh you know I like what Dad says. There's all millennial, there's pre-millennial, and there's pan-millennial. It's all going to pan out the way God wants it to. So there's no need to worry or get upset. That's what's going to happen. So um, remember that when we die, then there's judgment. All right. Now uh, you know, look at the scripture here. We will. Uh, be judged uh, for those things after we become a, a child of God and what we think we've done in the flesh. And and um, and I remember, when you confess your sins, He's able to just forgive us those sins. Those are not going to be brought back up again. I think as Christians, we're going to be judged for the things that we've done uh, in regards to our work for Christ. What did we minister? Did we witness? Did we tell others about Jesus Christ? Were we afraid? Uh, to profess Christ before other people, uh, were we unforgiving? Uh, were we showing Christ's love? You know, I think those are the kind of things will be looked at. But now, remember, those who do not know Jesus Christ our first Lord and Savior. You know, the, the, some people want to. You know, they they will be judged for all the things that they've done, every sin they've committed. They will be. And, uh, you know, and some people want to talk about parallels, you know, in particular this passage between what Christ has done and, um, and, and, um, and his, in regards to his heaven, going to heaven and judgment. But we will be judged and he is the judge. You know, uh, I was reading a, an illustration earlier and uh, I thought, wow, that really, really hit home in regards to uh, you know, how we die and then we face judgment. Uh, so it says, like in the Old West, if you will, appropriate with my cowboy hat. But it uh, said that there was a, a young boy, uh, and uh, he was um, uh, uh, just a child, and, and the, the wagon, and this horse, up spooked a horse that took off. Well, it said this young man saw it. He took off flying on a horse and got as fast as he could up to that little boy and uh, grabbed that little boy uh, before that um, wagon turned over and dashed to pieces, saving his life. The sad thing is that little boy grew up to be a, a, a villain. He was just you know, bank robber, murderer, whatever it was going to be uh, that he did, horse thief, whatever it is, just, uh, just grew up to be a bad guy. Well, he was in chains and standing before the judge. And he recognized the judge as a young boy who saved his life when he was just a small child. And he tried to use that as a, as a plea to save his life. And, and the judge looked at him and he said, Son, he said, uh, when you were just a child, I was your Savior. Now I'm your judge, and you will be hanged. And I was like, whoa, that was a a killer uh, uh, illustration of the fact that Jesus Christ is our Savior. He's offering you that free gift of salvation now. He's offering you the opportunity to save your life now. And then you will face judgment. And if you reject that free gift of salvation, Oh, my friends, you, it's going to be far worse than being hanged. You will be damned. You will be, uh, for all of eternity, yeah, you will spend in hell of fire for all of eternity. So you have that opportunity now to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Now we look at uh, the word um, rapture here. Um, and we can look at um, 1 Thessalonians four thirteen through 18. If you want to look at that. Uh, let me get over here. Verse Thessalonians 4, 13 and 18. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. Okay, and now, and I also want you to look at, uh, let me see here, First uh, Corinthians 15, 50 through 54, 1 Corinthians 15, let's see here, oh yeah, I already read that, never mind, I'm sorry, I thought, I thought wait a minute, that sounds familiar, now in regards to second coming, look at Revelation 19, 11 through 16, 19 let's see then I saw heaven open and behold a white horse the one sitting on its on it is called faithful and true and in righteousness he judges and makes war his eyes are like a flame of fire and his head are many diadems and he has a name written no one knows but himself. his name written king of kings the lord of lords so there's going to be that distinction between the rapture and the second coming and uh, i wanted to make sure i pointed that out because like i said i had an individual who wanted to uh debate me uh or i don't know if so much debate but he made the comment that they were one of the same and it is two different scenarios my friends we're all going to face death unless unless we're raptured out you know i hope pray so that would be awesome man A wife my dad my mom my kids my mother-in-law, and uh, my father-in-law. You know, it would be awesome. All of us raptured out all together. Man, that would be killer. Uh, and uh, it may happen. I hope it does. But we are appointed a time to die. It is sad. It is, you know, uh, we're going to miss. Them. But, you know, that's the great thing about being a Christian and knowing that individual is saved is that we know we're going to see them again. That gives us that, that sense of peace in the midst of storms. And so, you know, I know there's a lot of people out there say, well, I have someone close that died and, and I don't know if they were saved. And, you know, hey, we don't know in the last instances of their lives if they had given their life over to Jesus Christ or not. So don't, we can't make the assumption and just say, well, they're probably in hell. No, we can't say that. We don't know uh, what could have transpired. I, you know, that's one thing Dad told me. To, to even go over the prayer of salvation when somebody's in a coma, uh, that he was a firm believer that they could still hear even then. And I and there's been instances where I've talked to several people. They were in a, a coma, and I still went over the plan of salvation. I still read scripture, and I still had prayer. And I even said, pray with me. And for all I know, they did pray that. You know, we don't know in those instances what they heard and what they didn't hear. You know, It's like Dad's illustration this morning, talking about... Um, uh, the woman who's catatonic and the pastor who's reading uh, scripture and how she could hear his voice, and it brought her out of that. So you don't know. But here's the thing. Let's take joy in the fact that our eternity is secure. Let us not fear death, but meet it with joy that our that God has appointed a time when we will die. It's going to happen. But here's the thing. Let's live each day as if it were your last. That's why, I, you know, if you uh, for those who watch my devotions, what do I close with? Each and every time live each day as if it were your last because one day it's going to be one day it's going to happen so let us live it to the fullest let's live it for jesus christ let us live each day as a witness and a testimony let the world know that jesus christ is the king of kings and the lord of lords i don't care who may try to silence us who may try to 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 to, to squash uh, our convictions as christians what the word of god says let us proclaim boldly the Word of God. And don't let anybody ever try to silence you or tell you what the Loves. Let us stand boldly and proclaim. Let us be that light to the world of darkness. Let us be that salt of the earth. And let us meet death with great joy because we know where we're going and we get to spin. We will get to see Jesus. I love, I love, there's two paintings I love. There's one with, uh, uh, where it shows, uh, Jesus reaching down into the water to, you know, uh, to, for those, because sometimes it feels like we're sinking. And I love that picture where it looks like he's, he's reaching down smiling to pull us up. My other one is uh, uh, the, where it says, um, uh, when I first get to heaven or something to like that, and it shows the woman holding Jesus. <laughs> she's holding and hugging Jesus, and she's smiling with tears. I cannot wait for that day to get to see Jesus Christ. It's going to be a wonderful experience, and I'm excited and looking forward to it. My friends, if you are watching today and you don't know Jesus Christ, your personal Lord and Savior, I beg you, I implore you to give your life over to Him today. You've got a chance. This may be your last chance. Don't waste it. Let us pray. Now, Father, Lord, we thank you, we love you, and we praise you. Lord, thank you so much. Thank you, God Almighty. Thank you, Jesus, for your free gift of salvation. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. It is your grace that you tell us that we have an appointed time to die so that we can be prepared and we can understand and that we can live our life to its fullest for you. Lord, for those watching this evening that doesn't know you, let him pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with you, Holy Spirit. Lord, be with our nation. Bring peace upon our land. Touch the hearts and minds of these people like never before. Let them come to know you before it's too late. Lord, I praise your holy name. Lord, thank you for all your many wonderful blessings. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, friends, uh, thank you for watching this evening, and uh, don't forget, uh, for those on the website, uh, if you want to tune in live at 7.15 in the morning, those on social media as well, 7.15 every morning, I do a a little 20-minute devotion, 15 to 20 minutes, sometimes 25, maybe 30, who knows, but uh, do a little live devotion each morning, and then we'll meet again, Lord willing, 7 o'clock on Wednesday evening. Hope everyone has a great day today, and guess what? Live each day as if it were your last, because one day it will be. Thanks for watching and God bless.